Milo Vonnen, welcome and well met. Thanks for joining me for this episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host and resident Tolkien nerd, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm excited and honored that you've chosen to join me today. I hope that you are looking forward to learning, laughing, and being encouraged about your blended family. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining me on this inaugural episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm Joel Hallbaker, your host, and I'm excited that you're joining me today as we get into the foundations of everything this podcast is going to be about. Today, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, the two pillars that undergird everything I teach, five areas to discuss in your blended family, and most importantly, we will talk about the 10 commandments for blended families. So with that in mind, let's jump right in. Uh, first of all, again, I'm Joel, and I am part of a blended family now. I've also been part of a blended family for most of my life. You'll learn a lot more of the details in episode two when I tell more of my story, but the short version is I got married for the first time in uh, 2002, got divorced in around 2010, and then uh, got remarried again in 2014. So I've been in a blended family for a good chunk of my adult life. I was also in a blended family uh, from the time I was in middle school when my parents divorced. So Again, you'll get more details about that in, uh, in episode two, but I just wanted you to have a little feel for where I'm coming from. Again, I've got, um, I've got years of being in a blended family, both as a uh, child and as an adult, and I'm glad to share these things with you that I've learned from that experience. So the first thing we want to talk about in detail today is the mindset of, of going into a blended family. First of all, you've got to keep a long-term perspective. And you've got to make sure that you are coming from a place of love. And uh, I'm a big C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien nerd. And as C.S. Lewis talks about it in a couple of different books, he mentions the word agape, or as he pronounces it, agape, which is Greek for love. It's one of the four words in Greek that we translate as love. And in this sense, it means charity. And not charity like giving money to the poor, but charity in the sense of wishing the good of another person over your own. If you have that long-term perspective and if you have this agape mindset, then you're set up well for your blended family. So let's talk about these two pillars that undergird everything we're going to be learning about throughout this podcast. The first pillar is very, very simple, and that is to be the adult that you want your children to become. That'll come up in a lot of episodes because it's something that we forget about a lot as adults, but I want to repeat it. Be the adult that you want your children to become. So if you want them to be kind and respectful, if you want them to be generous, if you want them to talk well of other people, then you need to do those things, especially in front of them, but even when they're not around, because those are good life habits. And the second pillar is similar. It's something we all learned when we were children, and that is to remember your golden rule and treat other people the way that you want to be treated. Now, as again, as C.S. Lewis talks about in his book, um, uh, the abolition of man, he mentions that this idea of the golden rule has been around in almost every civilization throughout all of time, all over the world. And it's even more true within a blended family. Imagine the powerful example your kids will see when they see you continuing to be kind to their other biological parent, right? So treat other people the way that you want to be treated, not necessarily how you think they deserve or not even how they treated you. But remember what we want to teach our kids. Treat other people how you want to be treated and be the adult you want your child or children to become. So those are the two pillars. I encourage you, maybe write those down somewhere and keep them in front of you. Remind yourself of them every day. The second brief thing to talk about here are five areas of blended family issues that you need to talk about as early in your blended family situation as you can. So if you're not married yet, go ahead and have these discussions. If you just got married, 
have these discussions. If you've been married for 10 years wonderfully and successfully, excellent, have these discussions. In fact, I would encourage you to schedule a time to have these discussions every six to 12 months, not just in your home, but within both homes or how, among however many homes may be part of your blended family, because these are important things that are easy to get wrong. But if you get them right, they can make all the difference in the world. So let me mention these five areas uh, for you to consider discussing. First, personal areas, right? personal issues. These include things like your overall mindset and approach to blended family life, hurts from the past, issues of disrespect, lack of regard for others, right? It's all the personal side of blended family life. It includes things like what are the children going to call the other adults? Are they going to call them mom and dad? Are they going to call them stepmom and stepdad? Like what, what are they going to do? Uh, just for example, in our world, my girl's stepmom is, uh, Mar her name is Mary Ellen. And what the girls call her is Mel because that works really well for them. Um, they call their stepdad Kyle. So again, it, it depends on your situation, but I want to encourage you talk about those early because those can become big issues. The second issue are scheduling issues. These have to do with things like holidays, school events, sports, vacations. Schedules can absolutely wreck the peace within a blended family, especially if the schedule changes are not communicated between both households. So I want to encourage you, think about those things, find a blended family app or some way to communicate that's going to help you with those. Third, you want to think about parenting. And this has to do with your overall approach, both in your home and how are you going to work with the other co-parents. And here are some things to think about specifically. Um, friends, toys, food, phones, cars, clothes, makeup, dating, in case you can't tell, my girls are teenagers, so a lot of these things are coming up, uh, sports they play, movies, TV they watch, music they listen to, um, how they earn their money or whether they get an allowance, and how you communicate those things about money. These are all parenting issues that the more consistent you can be with them, the less friction there will be within your blended home. It also has to do with the style of parenting within your home. Are you going to spank or are you not going to spank? And if so, who does that? Um, are you going to do timeouts? Are you going to do grounding? Are you going to do taking away things? Like the more consistency you can have in your home and between homes, better off you'll be. We'll talk about that more in a lot of episodes. Number four, the fourth area of blended family issues to discuss are interfamily issues. Things like sibling rivalries, especially if there are children from different relationships in each home. Right, jealousy, different or conflicting family traditions around the holidays, uh, favoritism, whether that's real or perceived, use of each other's belongings, whether those are uh, clothes or toys or someone's room, etc. Who's going to pay for medical insurance? Who's going to pay for school tuition if that's an issue in your family? Fees for extracurricular activities like sports or drama or choir or uh, whatever else they do. Gift buying and and who buys gifts when it's the parent's birthday and those sorts of things. So. Um, Consider those interfamily issues to talk about. And then finally, the catch-all, what I call the et cetera category. These, may be, these, these are not et cetera because they're not important. They're et cetera because they don't fall into one nice sort of category here. Um, faith issues, grades, general behavior, buying patterns for clothes and household items, toiletries, things like that, school supplies, switch over items versus permanent items. Again, these are all discussions that when you have them, they can be very, very productive and helpful if you have them well. And I also want to encourage you within your blended family to make sure that you have them not just once, 
but have them over and over again, uh, because when you do that, you are more likely to come to positive conclusions. If you can continue to make sure that you're having those discussions on a regular basis, go back and revisit them whenever they come up. And if they're not coming up good, go ahead and go back and revisit them uh, when you do, uh, whenever you have a, kind of a family discussion about other things or schedule them out for when you want to have a check-in. So let me just run through those again very quickly. So uh, again, if you guys are taking notes or anything, you can write these down again, in case you can't tell in my other life, I'm a school teacher. So I want to make sure that everybody gets, uh, gets the notes there. So uh, blended family issue or blended, yeah, blended family issue to discuss uh, number one was personal issues. Blended family issue to discuss number two, scheduling issues. Issue number three, parenting. Issue number four, interfamily situations. And number five, the et cetera category, the et cetera category, right? So again, if you will keep those things in mind, if you will have those discussions on a regular basis, your blended family will be better for it. Now, I want to get into the meat of this episode. Those other things are important because without those, the rest of these may not make sense. But the podcast is called 10 Commandments for Blended Families, right? 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. So I want to make sure that you guys are getting the information that you need and that's going to be helpful to your family. So let's talk about these 10 commandments for blended families. Now, remember the two pillars that we talked about. Uh, Be the adult you want your child to become and Make sure that you are treating people the way that you want to be treated. All 10 of these are an outgrowth of those two pillars. So uh, think of it, and this is this is why I created it this way. Think of it um, as if you are reading your Bible um, and you remember that in the Old Testament, uh, Jesus talked about, or I'm sorry, in the Old Testament, there were the Ten Commandments that Moses was given on um Uh, He was given on Mount Sinai, right? And so he took those Ten Commandments, and for hundreds of years, the Israelites were supposed to follow these Ten Commandments. And then what happened is in the New Testament, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, right? What is the greatest commandment? People were trying to trick him into trying to divulge what is the greatest commandment. And uh, instead of picking one, what he said is there, he actually sort of distilled those things down into uh, two commandments. And he said, Uh, The first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Um, And then he said the second is like it, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets are summed up in these two things. Well, that's the idea behind those two pillars. Um, So the two pillars undergird all of these Ten Commandments. I'm kind of doing it in reverse order, mostly because I'm not Jesus. So when you think about these Ten Commandments, what I want you to do is to remember that these are an outgrowth of those two pillars that help make up your blended family mindset, all right? So here are our Ten Commandments for blended families. Ten Commandment number one, communicate well. Communicate well. Here's what that means. That means to over-communicate with all all adults involved in your blended family. Choose a, te- a format or technology that works and use it. I don't care if that's texting, uh, regular phone calls, uh, Zoom, Skype. It could be email. Uh, it could be uh, Marco Polos. It could be Voxers for those of you that have those apps on your phone. There are also lots of great blended family apps out there. But here's the idea. okay? When in doubt, 
communicate about it. If you're not sure that the other household should know or needs to know, you probably should share it with them because if you don't, it runs the risk of all sorts of miscommunications, hurt feelings, misunderstandings, that kind of stuff. The, everything starts and ends with communications. I'm a history teacher in my day job, right? And one of the things that I teach all the time is that one of the greatest maxims of military studies is anytime you can disrupt the enemy's communications, that's going to help you. So the opposite is also true, the corollary, and that is anytime you can better your communications, you're going to be better off. That's why as a soccer coach, I always tell my players, communication is vital. Communication is vital. So that's number one, communicate well. Number two is to always show respect. Now, this is difficult to do, but it is possible, I promise. Be respectful, calm, and patient with everyone involved, even if you're the only one doing it. Because a soft answer turns away wrath, as the book of Proverbs reminds us. If someone's getting really heated, if they're getting really frustrated, and you can just remain calm, take a deep breath, respond gently and quietly, that can help defuse what could have become a really ugly or difficult situation. And so I want to encourage you guys to always show respect, right? Always show respect. Number three is to use discernment. Use discernment. Now, what that means is to choose your battles very carefully. If everything matters then nothing really matters. If everything is the end of the world, then nothing was actually that big a deal, right? You've got to learn to pick and choose your battles. And one of the ways to do that that I really encourage families to think about is how will you differentiate between what is simply a personal dislike and what is an actual red flag issue? So let me give you an example or some examples of, of red flag issues. If there's any kind of suspected abuse, be it physical, emotional, verbal, or otherwise, that's a red flag issue that you need to have a discussion about and maybe take further action. I don't ever want to um, minimize those sorts of things. But there are plenty of things that are simply personal dislikes. And honestly, this is going to be hard to hear, but you have to learn to let those go. You need to learn to pick and choose your battles. Because here's the thing. It's not your job to parent your children when they're with their other parent. And it's not their job to parent inside your home either. So you have to learn to differentiate between personal dislikes and red flag issues. That's number three. Number four, give way graciously. As we just mentioned, you're going to have to let some things go. When you do, be gracious about it. Be kind about it. That is, when you give in or when you allow things to go away that you wouldn't have wanted them to go, do so without grumbling and complaining. Do so without bringing it up the next time there's a disagreement. We all know what it's like when someone says, well, I let you have that last time. Well, that, that makes you frustrated. makes you think, oh, so the only reason you did that last time is so you could get something this time. Well, that, that wasn't actually very helpful or kind. So you want to give way graciously, and I know this comes with a risk, but in the long term, this is the right thing to do. It will set a powerful example for your children. Give way graciously. That's number four. Number five is really difficult, but if you can do it, it will change everything about your blended family outlook. Here's what it is. Choose to believe the best. Let me say that again. Choose to believe the best about the other household, and be sure to celebrate it and acknowledge it when you see it. Okay, When you see the other household doing something that you like, that you appreciate, that you want to see more of, just let them know, hey, I noticed that you did this thing for our kids, and I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate that. And be genuine about it. Choose to believe the best, right? Um, C.S. Lewis writes in Mere Christianity, a real desire to believe all the good you can of others and to make others as comfortable as you can will solve most of the problems. Now, he was talking about something very different in terms of the context of that, but I believe the sentiment holds true. 
Because as we also know, perception is reality, or in another way, we will find what we look for. So if you are constantly looking for the worst in your ex or in their household, that's what you will see. You will latch on to everything, whether it's valid or not, and we all have experience doing that. So I want to challenge you to do the opposite. Choose to believe the best about the other household and look at the difference that it will make, not just in your attitude, but in the whole outlook and and atmosphere of your household. Choose to believe the best, right? Number six, express genuine gratitude. Be sure to show gratitude as often as possible whenever a joint agreement is reached, even on minor matters. So let me give you an example of that. Um, Years ago, we had a joint birthday party for my younger daughter. And when I say joint, I mean that all the adults were there together. So both sets of biological parents and the step parents were there. And one of the things that happened, uh, this is pretty early in um, our blended family journey. And my ex-wife went and talked with my uh, wife and said, hey, will you come and help me put together the cake for Olivia? Because what what our younger daughter wanted was a cake made out of zebra cakes. And my ex-wife knew that my wife is an artist, and she would probably be helpful in terms of putting this cake together in a way that is visually pleasing. And that was really wonderful because it was an example of those two working together for the good of our children that everybody was able to see and appreciate. And so when those things happen, just say thank you. It doesn't have to be anything that big. It could just be, hey, I appreciate you having the girls here on time for switchover. I appreciate that. And again, you have to be genuine about it. You know the difference between, hey, thanks for being here on time and, hey, thanks for being on time, right? Very different sentiments with your tone of voice and your attitude. Express genuine gratitude. That's number six. Number seven, model maturity and wisdom. Let me say that again too. Model maturity and wisdom. Remember every day that you are the adult. Your task is to model maturity and wisdom for your children. It is to be the adult you want your children to become and to treat others the way you want to be treated so that your children learn to do the same thing. Your task is not to win. Your task is not to get revenge. Your task is not even to get your own way all the time. Your task is to be an example for your children who are already hurting And it is to set a good example. Why do I say they're already hurting? Because I truly believe that every blended family comes from a place of pain. It could be pain of divorce. It could be pain of having lost a spouse and then getting remarried. Um, It could be uh, pain of betrayal. It could be pain of abuse. Whatever it is, everybody enters a blended family carrying pain and burdens with them. And your job as the adult in your blended family is to show your children how to properly do those things. So I want to encourage you to model maturity and wisdom. That's number seven. Number eight is related to it. Ask for help. Uh, I had some people, I did an online conference this summer and a couple who are actually going to be guests on the show in a future episode, Gil and Brenda Stewart, um, exposited on ask for help. And he said, it shouldn't be ask for help. It should be ask for help with a lot of exclamation points. What you need to do is get help before a frustration becomes a full-blown crisis. I've also seen them post things on social media that I love. They say the best time to get help for your blended family is when things are already going well. Don't wait for there to be a crisis before you ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of wisdom. So I want to encourage you to do that. Ask for third-party help from a counselor, from a pastor, from a neutral friend, from a blended family coach, 
or someone else that all parties are comfortable with. If you need to have a big sit-down meeting, uh, bring a mediator, someone that everyone trusts. If you just need help in your family, make sure you talk with someone that you and your spouse are comfortable with. But get help before what could be handled easily, or at least with some work, becomes something that really could be a family-threatening crisis. Ask for help please. I know sometimes in blended families, it's hard to find resources. That's why this podcast exists, right? Because I want to make sure that you have another resource to go to and a lot of experts to listen to where you can find some help. So that's number eight. Number nine is to use discretion. Now this is similar to discernment, but it's more specific. Use discretion. Here's what I mean by this. Be careful about what you say to your children or in front of your children or to others outside of your family um, about your blended family. Be careful what you say because you re- you remember being a kid or when your kids were toddlers, they're little parrots. Whatever you say is going to get brought up again. Whatever you say is going to get stuck in their memory. And if it's about the other parent, they're probably going to bring it back up. And they might not know what you said was a terrible thing to say or they may not know what you said was a compliment. Be careful what you say in front of your kids or about your kids or to your kids. The other part of this is use discretion about when and how you work on your personal hurts and frustrations. My recommendation, work through them on your own time, not in front of your kids and certainly not by involving your kids. What I mean by that is our children are not meant to be our therapists. We need to make sure that we are working through our issues on our own time. Work through your issues on your time, not in front of your kids, and again, certainly not by using your children as your therapist. Another part of that using discretion, this is something that will come up in a future interview, is make sure that you are not trying to manipulate your children into disliking the other parent. That's called parental alienation, and we've got a whole episode uh, coming out soon that will talk about that. Be, uh, Be careful what you say. Use discretion. Okay, so that's commandment number nine, and here's number ten. Be consistent. Be as consistent as possible in all households involved in your blended family, okay, and in all areas of life. Now, keep in mind, total consistency is impossible, even in traditional or nuclear or first families, okay, but be as consistent as possible. Let me give you an example of what that looks like. Um, In uh, in our blended family, my ex-wife and I had a bit of a disagreement about what time our children should go to bed. Right. Because I was more of a they need to go to bed early and she was more of a if they stay up an extra half hour or hour, it really doesn't make that big a difference. Well, here's what I mean by consistency. What did we both want for our children? You know what we wanted? We wanted our children to be healthy. We want our children to be happy. We want them to be able to function at school and socially. And that means they need to get enough rest. Now, that also means that it is up to the parent who is in the home at that time to determine what enough rest actually means. So the consistency there is in the values, even if it's not in how you express or attain those values, right? So what we wanted was we want the the consistency was to make sure our children were getting enough rest. So that means bedtime could be different because you know what? When she let them stay up a little bit later, maybe she allowed them to sleep in a little bit more. Maybe because I woke up so early, I wanted them to go to bed early because I knew they might wake up earlier if I'm knocking around the house making noise. Whatever it is, be as consistent as you can with your values, even if you're not consistent in exactly how you try to teach them those values or work those values out. 
Okay, so those are our 10 commandments for blended families. I want to just read through them one more time to remind you of them. And again, in case any of you are trying to take notes, let me uh, let me encourage you to do that. And um, and here we go with the Ten Commandments. Okay, number one, communicate well. Number two, always show respect. Number three, use discernment. Number four, give way graciously. Number five, choose to believe the best. Choose to believe the best. Number six, express genuine gratitude. Number seven, model maturity and wisdom. Number eight, ask for help. Ask for help. Number nine, use discretion. And number 10, be consistent. Be consistent. All right, so listen, those are our two pillars that we talked about at the beginning. We talked about the five areas uh, or five issues, five discussions to have in your blended family. And then we talked about the Ten Commandments for blended families. And I hope that you found these things to be encouraging, maybe challenging. Um, hopefully you are going to uh, put some of these things into place if they're not already there in your family. And hopefully a lot of you are nodding your head and going, yeah, we try to do that. That's good. Okay, good. I'm glad we're trying to do those things. I'm glad we're on the right road. Whatever your situation, if you're nodding your head and going, good, okay, that's confirmation that what we're doing is excellent. Or if you're shaking your head and going, I just don't know if those things are possible. I want to encourage you, come back for the next episodes as I share my story. And then as I interview myself in episode three, and then as we get into the guest interviews, because the guest experts are going to share a lot of wisdom from a lot of different blended family stories. I can't wait for you guys to um, to hear some of the interviews that we've got. Uh, just the experts that are coming on are going to be, uh, they're amazing people who are doing excellent work. They come from all sorts of blended family stories. We're going to have people that have adopted kids, foster kids, uh, his kids, her kids, their kids together, um, all age ranges, all walks of life. And uh, and I'm just, I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to share with you guys on this podcast. So make sure you tune in uh, to future episodes and join me as we continue learning how to have more positive and more cooperative blended families. Um, really quickly, I want to mention a couple of my favorite blended family resources um, in case uh, you haven't ever seen these before. And, uh, and definitely check these out. The first one is Family Life Blended. That's a website put together by Pastor Ron Deal. I would also encourage you to check out his book called The Smart Step Family. That's one my wife and I read as part of our premarital counseling. I'll probably mention that in episode two when I tell my blended family story, but I'll put a link to uh, to his website in the show notes. Check out his podcast, his interviews. Make sure you check out uh, the whole series of books he has about step family life. Those have been tremendously helpful to me. And then I'll also put some other uh, links in the show notes that you can check out for your blended family. In the meantime, I hope that you will uh, have a great rest of your day. I hope that you will share this with people that uh, you think might benefit from it. Just let them know about it. Um, and because I'm a huge giant nerd, I also want to encourage you, if you haven't ever done it, read the Lord of the Rings, read the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, read the Harry Potter books, because in all of those, and I believe in that order, in my opinion, um, they share some wonderful truths about human nature and about life that are very applicable in blended families. Um, in fact, I've got a great book that I would also, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. It's called the Proverbs of Middle Earth. It, it's a lot of the great sayings from the Lord of the Rings. And I use these all the time in my teaching and in my coaching and in my classroom, uh, that kind of stuff. So um, if you haven't ever read it, check out the Lord of the Rings. Just look at some of the great Tolkien quotes that are out there. Um, okay. That's As always, I'm honored you took the time to listen to the show. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and your blended family. If you'd like a free copy of my complete blended family toolkit, just send me a message. 
Also, make sure you go and follow today's guest for more of their information. Remember, in the words of Tolkien, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Be sure to tune in to our next episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. Walk worthy and Godspeed.